No G with a Z. P-O-D. It is the Smoking Guns Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio, including the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League and the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL. My name is Philip Higginbotham. I'm joined, as always, by Leo Yamas. What's up, Smoking Guns Posse? And R.C. Woods. Hello, beautiful people. Well, guys, it's kind of weird, but for the first time in like nearly 30 weeks, wow, we don't have football to talk about. Like we do have football to talk about. There are things that affected us, but there's no game to look forward to. There's nothing on the schedule. We have no schedule for the NAL. We have no schedule for the XFL yet. We have no scheduled San Antonio football for the first time in like 30 weeks. It's kind of crazy. It's been a run, hasn't it? It has. Um, And to that end, and I don't know, maybe we should wait until the end of the show, but I want to make sure everybody understands, you know, what our plan is going forward. Um, We are going to have Coach Fred Shaw on tonight. He's planning on stopping by and talking with us about this past season. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the NAL championship game, which I got a chance to be at. Um, We want to talk a little bit about our fan drive that RC put together this week. Uh, and then other news and notes around football and around San Antonio. Uh, but uh, this week, and uh, we've got one more show left in us. That's next week on Monday night. Uh, we're hoping to reach out to a couple of really important guests, really uh, guests we've been looking at for uh, a couple of, of months now that we've wanted to have on. We want to reach out to them and see if we can get them on one final show. And then, Smoking Guns Posse, we're going to take a little bit of a break, if that's Mm -hmm. okay with you. Um, We did the math, and we've done uh, over 30 shows. This is is show 30 of the new season, and we did one show before that in in 2023 that we did not call season three. So we've done 31 shows up to this point. If you look at your calendar, that is over two-thirds of the year that we've been doing weekly shows with you talking about San Antonio football. And that's fun. We have a blast and oh, yeah. we enjoy it. But it is also a grind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every so, Monday. So we're going to reclaim a little bit of our time through the NFL season. We are going to be with you. We're planning on coming back probably monthly, although as news breaks in either the XFL or the NAL or the Gunslingers and the Brahmas, whatever the case may be, we will probably throw together a show and let you know that we're coming early uh, for the month. But that's our plan going forward. We're doing this week. We're going to be here with you all night. We're doing next week. And then we're going to take a break um, and get ready for the NFL season. Get ready for the sixth Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl championship uh, as we run up to that through the NFL season uh, where they will beat the Denver Broncos. Uh, in the wake, Super wake up, Philip. You're, you're dreaming. Wake up, Philip. You're dreaming. And and they'll I'd beat the Chicago. They'll beat the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game. That way we can all be close. But I yeah. still win. And that's what we want. That's what we all that's want. You we want. all want to get close. But we want me to win. <laughs> Mo is not happy with the Cowboys. She says, "Nope, nope, no, nope, no, not no the Cowboys. Cowboys." Hey, but she didn't mind uh, the Broncos surprisingly, especially since she's a Colts fan. I'm surprised right. Mo had more of an ejection to Cowboys than Broncos. 
So I found a really weird TV station the other day. This is kind of a rabbit trail, but I found a really weird like internet TV station I was watching the other day that is Super Bowl replays. And I watched the Cowboys first Super Bowl. It happened to be on there when I found this channel against the Colts back when they were in Baltimore, Super Bowl five. And I watched like 45 minutes of that Super Bowl, old commercials and all, like there were old insurance commercials. And uh, it was very interesting to watch how much the game has changed. Yeah, I bet. Um, in the last 50 years or so. But uh, one of the things that we did see back 50 years ago, Mo, was the Cowboys and the Colts um, mm. in the Super Bowl. We'd love to see that again. Jay Washington brings up a great point. High school football starting next week. So he'll be busy till Christmas. Me too. Um, mm-hmm. I cover high school football for my town. And I think I'm going to be the stadium announcer for the junior varsity games in Palacios this year. So two nights a week, I'll be doing high school football stuff. So do I get free uh, tickets in Palacios then? Yeah. Yeah. If you you come out to Palacios, (laughs) I will get you into the game. No problem. No issue whatsoever. So there was still NAL football, even though the gunslingers weren't part of it, there was still NAL football this week. The Jacksonville Sharks, Take the NAL championship with a 54 to 45 win over the Carolina Cobras. Boo. It Boo. Is, it was is, a good game. It was a good game. It was a really good game. Carolina jumped out early. They led all the way through the half, but they, they had really that game. They I had thought it was it really interesting. 10. They were 10 points ahead at halftime. Mm-hmm. But as you watch them walk off the field, I could tell you one team was 10 points ahead of the other and you could watch them walk off the field and you'd have thought Jacksonville was ahead. The the Sharks were calm, collected, 10 points down, but they walked off the field like this is not a problem. The Cobras, on the other hand, at the end of the half, they had been really uh, frantic to try to score one last time before mm-hmm. the half. Yep. Uh, Coach Fuller was yelling at the officials. Some of the players were... Uh, gestating and mad and upset and, and tense. And if you'd have watched both teams and said, which team is ahead, you would have said Jacksonville. From that point on, I really feel like Jacksonville just kind of took control. They took control in the second half of the game and they just kind of beat them. They um, definitely own the second half for sure. Yep. Jacksonville deserves it. They've been a great uh, team all year. Ralph Judkins popping in and saying home clocking. Uh, home, lots of stuff. And I want to talk some about home field advantage and why I think maybe in the NAL home field advantage is such a big deal. Because when you get a crowd behind you, officials notice that in this league. And I noticed sure. that specifically in the building in Jacksonville. And I want to talk some more about that. But I'm going to put all of that NAL championship talk. Well, we're going to talk NAL championship with this guy um, because he was, I'm sure, watching as well. But I want to bring him in. I want to make him wait. Uh, he's one of our favorite people in all of San Antonio football. He is uh, Coach Fred Shaw of your San Antonio Gunslingers. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey. How's it hey, going, guys? Guns up. Guns up. Coach. Coach, what's it like after you go through offseason, into the regular season, you play a whole regular season, and all of a sudden there's not a game on the schedule? Is, is that Does that take a little bit to get used to? Man, it's stressful. It's stressful. Uh but at least it was a good game for us to watch, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they, these guys played to the last second, so yeah, that, that helps it. 
What were your impressions? I know you watched. I know you were you were paying attention. You've got friends on both sides of the ball there in Jacksonville and Carolina. You know mm-hmm. folks in these organizations. Um, what were your impressions as you watched the game on Saturday night of that championship game? Well, those guys brought uh, great energy. Uh, I mean, both of those teams are uh, great teams. They are uh, coached by Coach Gibson, uh, Coach Fuller. Those guys are uh, great coaches. So uh, I do believe that we was the best three teams in this league. And uh, anybody could have won it this year. So uh, hats goes off to Jacksonville. Uh, those guys deserve it. And uh, Coach Fuller deserves Coach of the Year. They got it done. Yeah, congratulations to Coach Fuller, Coach of the Year. I thought that was a smart move by the NAL. Uh, Jason Gibson had a great year, mm-hmm. but he had one blemish that I think a lot of people, specifically us on this show, would For have sure. pointed to if uh if they had handed him coach of the year and i think the nal was smart about that and said look jason's been great but he did have this one issue that kind of hangs as a dark cloud over the season let's go ahead and give james fuller the opportunity uh to be coach of the year and he earned it uh they they played a great season they They were a great team uh they very nearly went into jacksonville and surprised what uh, a team that in the last half of the season was the best team in the league and they nearly surprised them um I, in the building, at the end of the first quarter, Carolina is up over Jacksonville, and you could feel Jacksonville fans starting to kind of go, what's going on here? We're not used to being behind. We're not used to being down, and certainly not in our own building. This is not what we expected. Coach, let's talk a little bit about this season, um, because that's what Gunslinger fans uh, are thinking about. Now, I know a lot of folks will think about the end of the season, the, the losses there at the end, the, the yeah. playoff exit in the first round, and they'll think, wow, this was a ne- – they'll come away with some sort of negative feeling about this season. I don't think that's the case. Like, I think there's a lot to be positive about with this season. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Uh, it's definitely positivity. Uh, and definitely in the locker room, uh, coaches, staff, the players, uh, it's all great energy. Uh, you know, it definitely was a letdown, you know, at the end of the season. And uh, that goes back to me. You know, uh, I definitely put that uh, blame on me. Got to find a way to win one of those games out of the four. So uh, that definitely goes back to me. But the beginning of the season, we came out hot. We knew uh, yeah. what we wanted to do. Uh, and we just uh, we took off. We took off. Uh, the thing about it is, man, we wanted to keep we wanted to keep the same guys in the locker room. And we tried to. Uh, we tried to make it, uh, you know, as family fun as possible, you know, to San Antonio. You know, you had a, a couple guys that started here on the Gunslingers, and we wanted to keep those guys in the locker room. So it was a lot of uh, learning curves going on this year still. Uh, these guys are new to the arena football game. Uh, we're still adjusting to it, and uh, we just got to we just gotta get better. And uh, it's no doubt in my mind that the Gunslingers, if we're given a chance next year, we will be at the top in a big game. Uh, but definitely a letdown for us um, at the end of the season. What are some of the things about this season, specific moments this, of this season that you kind of tuck away and you put away and you want to remember forever? Because they were there. There were great moments of the season. Anything specific that jumps to mind is things that you want to you want to kind of concentrate on and look at the snapshot of as opposed to the end of the season and how all that happened? Well, it's just, uh, you know, beating these top coaches, uh, Coach Fuller, Gibson, uh, 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 Coach Ware from Albany at that time. Those are uh, big-time games for us, and those games was all on the road. So uh, these guys are, man, big-time coaches, like I said. So going into those stadiums and pulling out a win, 
those are all positive uh, positive sides for the San Antonio Gunslingers. And uh, most guys think that's easy, you know, but it's really not that easy, man, to go into uh, Albany or Jacksonville or uh, Carolina or something like that and come out with a win. Those are big-time right. uh, organizations. And for us to get those victories on each team uh, the whole season. So we beat every team in Arena League right now this year. I believe so. Uh, I don't think we uh, – yeah, I think we beat everyone in Arena uh, that was in the NAL this year. So uh, can't too many teams say that. That's true. Coach, during the season, uh, you guys and you yourself faced a lot of adversity, a lot of things that, you know, at the start of the season would certainly be considered unexpected. You know, you had teams, a couple of teams folding. Uh, you had the mass availability of free agents as a result of that happening. And then the decisions by not only the gunslingers, but other teams in the league, whether or not to bring in talent. And, you know, many would say, you know, some of the teams that were left at the end, you know, they built that team in the middle of the season. It wasn't who they were rolling with at the beginning, um, you know, because of this kind of awkward and weird situation. And then the mm -hmm. scheduling changing a lot of that last minute because of, of, of those types of things happening. So there was a lot of kind of, change and adversity that you guys had to face uh, during the season. Um, talk about that a little bit. What was, I guess, the most frustrating thing for you or the hardest thing to deal with? And, and what are the lessons learned from those things moving forward? Uh, we just, we honestly just played the games that's on the schedule, but uh, it did affect us, you know, uh, going into those games, we had Orlando, I believe, uh, West Texas or Fayetteville. Uh, so and that, like I said, we got a bunch of young guys on the team in key uh, positions. So those guys needed those games. It's not, uh, you know, down in those uh, teams or anything, but uh, it would have helped us if we played, you know, Orlando, Fayetteville, uh, West Texas, you know, one other time to get us ready for those guys, uh, those big games. But, uh, man, we just we just play the games that's on the schedule uh, in uh, Carolina. We had to play those guys twice, you know. And that's like I said, that's a big time organization, big time coaches. And it was tough on us. But uh, with that being said, you give us another chance. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll come out with a victory. So, Coach, I have a question. It's kind of twofold. If you had one word to describe this season, what would that word be? Uh, blessed. We was blessed to be here in this uh, position. We was blessed to be in this organization with a great group of guys like you guys. Uh, ownership. Uh, the guys that we brought, uh, first class, uh, the fan base is first class. So uh, the one word that I would use is just blessed to be here. And then if we ask the team players what word they could describe you, what word do you think they would use? Uh, I would say uh, family. I try to uh, build a family with these guys. And, uh, you know, I just let them know that, uh, man, we just got we got 21 guys that uh, travel with us every week. So. Uh, it's just us, uh, so we we try to do everything together, and it's a uh, family. I would say that. I love those two words. Thank you, Coach. Man, Coach, I I really thought a lot about this season, um, and I've really uh, you know, as I've put my thoughts in order, I've I've realized that if the league had stayed the same, if the DNA of the league stays the same throughout the year, um. And, and this is not an excuse because every team had to battle it. Yes. But if the team DNA, if the if the team uh, the league shape kind of stays the same throughout the season, 
without losing Albany and having a dump of free agents, without losing Fayetteville and having another dump of free agents. I think things are very different for this gunslingers organization. At the beginning of the season, we went up against, uh, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville and beat them. We went up against Sam Castronova in Albany and we beat him. Now you put those things together um, and, and all of a sudden, and again, Every this is not an excuse. Everybody had to deal with that. We we maybe came up behind the curve because of these things. But do you think we're looking at a different season for the gunslingers? Had the league shape kind of remained the same as it was at the beginning of the year? Yeah, so we're looking at a, a first round playoff game, uh, uh probably against Fayetteville at this time. So uh, you know, that's just the way I see it. Uh, you know, but things happen. Uh we just gotta adjust and uh we didn't do a good job of it, you know, and uh, got the best of us. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it back. We'll, you know, review everything and we'll come out better, man. We'll come out better. If you notice on your camera, if you're watching live, you'll notice that RC has changed and gotten a lot younger and a little bit, uh, uh, a lot younger, actually. That's actually Chessa. <laughs> That's RC's daughter. And she has some questions for coach. And we were like, yes, absolutely. Have Chessa come on. Now, Chessa. Remind everybody what you did for the Gunslingers this year, because you were not just RC's daughter. You were part of the organization this year, weren't you? you were. Yes, I was an intern this year for the season. Um, so I have a couple questions, Coach. Um, mm -hmm. What was your favorite theme this season that we hosted? It was just, uh, honestly, you said theme? Theme, like, like the Star Wars or like superhero? It, it was definitely was superhero favorite? night. Super, superhero night. Yeah, Spider-Man, definitely. <laughs> uh, mine too. I got the Spider-Man jersey. I was like, I have to get that one for sure. Yeah. Um, another question is, what was your best meal that you had on the road? Meal? Yeah, meal. Uh, Texas Roll House. I believe we was uh, we went in West Texas. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Texas Roll House. That was a good one. Good. Did you get any of the rolls? Yes, I love the rolls. <laughs> had to go back. Who does it? <laughs> I'll be honest right now. If you're listening to or watching this show and you don't like Texas Roadhouse rolls, you can go ahead and log off. You right. can leave. We don't. We don't need that kind of negativity here. Y'all can go. All right, that's all the questions I have today. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. You did a great uh, job this year. Thanks. Michael Wayne Davis has been one of the stalwart gunslingers and San Antonio football fans since the beginning of uh, the commanders really all the way back in 2019 uh, he's got a question for you coach he says coach what's your plan for a more robust defense next year oh man it's definitely just uh just getting these guys on the same page you know uh that's what it was uh these guys was just uh we was just running around just being athletes at this point uh at the end of the season but it's just getting those guys on the same page and going around flying as a unit and uh, making plays, man, we'll we'll definitely get it together, no doubt. To that to that end, I've been doing some market research around the NAL, and I got to ask you a question, Coach. And I, I would love to have uh, just your your honest feelings on this. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about Ironman football? Well, I started I started in Ironman football, and I actually enjoyed it uh, because I was a receiver at first, and then you know uh, I felt like uh, playing receiver is kind of easy in this league, so I wanted to you know get on the other side and make some plays. And uh, you know you're a real athlete if you can get on the defensive side in arena football and make some stops. But uh, as of right now, 
uh, it's, it's kind of different. You know, these guys really not familiar with the Ironman rules, uh, familiar with the game. So it's a lot of teaching, you know, that's going on each uh, week. And uh, honestly, I'm 50-50 with it right now. You know, remember yeah. If Chris Siegfried called you on the phone tomorrow and he said, "Hey, I got all the owners right now on the line. Uh, we're having a we're having a league meeting, and we want your input. We don't know what to do with Iron Man. Should we keep it or get rid of it? What would you tell him?" I would tell him to get rid of it. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you are not in the minority. I've talked to players. Right. I've talked to coaches. I've talked to media around the league. Everybody is kind of of that opinion that like it's been okay. We don't hate it. It's not no. the worst thing ever. But we think the football would be a little more compelling if you had specialists on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so so interesting. Uh, Bob is checking in. Bob is a big Jacksonville Sharks fan, and he should be. And he's very excited for his team, and he should be that too. Good meeting you, Phil. I got to meet him on the field after the game. Bob yes. and I go back and forth a lot. He is a big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. He does not like that we don't uh, – <laughs> appreciate coach Gibson, coach Gibson reaching over the wall and affecting the play during the game. Coach Shaw, what do you think happens to you in the NAL? If you affect the gameplay on the field, what should happen to you? Uh, you know, I'm, if you, if you I'm tackle the player that. that got an interception, it's gonna... <laughs> uh, if, no comment. If, it's very sticky. If, there. very if Fayetteville gets an interception on the field, they're not even a team that exists now, gets an interception on the field and they're running at you and your uh, your instinct takes over and you just plant a shoulder in the guy and take him to the ground, what should happen to you as a coach for affecting the game on the field? Uh, suspended. Suspended one game at least. Okay. You know. uh, I agree. Fine. Yes. fine. At uh, least. I agree. So. But it's yeah, not I, what happened. Yeah, he did pay a penalty, as far as we know. I don't think it was stiff enough. I've made no bones about that. I did get to meet Jason Gibson after the game on Saturday. I did not say a word to him about it. That wasn't the time or place. Um, I was respectful of uh, Coach Gibson. I congratulated him on a great season. You know, all of that. It's not a bad example. See, Bob's like that's a bad example. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Uh, you you reach into the field and affect the game on the field. Either way, tackling a player or knocking the ball away from Lance Evans, same thing. Uh, you took a touchdown away from the other yeah. team. The coach reached over the wall and did it. It's not even in question. I've seen the video. I've seen every angle of it. It's not a question. He did exactly that. Um, With that being said, I do believe that uh, Jacksonville still would have won the uh, championship. Yes. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. No Maybe. doubt. I'm not – I'm yep. not saying that, oh, they, they won the championship because uh, Coach Gibson made a terrible decision. No, yeah. Coach Gibson made a terrible decision. Yes, he did. And Jacksonville won the championship. Those things aren't connected, mm -hmm. but they both happened. They both existed. Um, so, Coach, everybody wants to know. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody asks and, and, and talks about this four-game uh, streak at the end where we had four straight losses. We needed one of those. Um Anywhere along the way, one of those, and we're looking at a completely different sort of end to the season, most likely. Um, take us through that month of July and that first week of August, what you and your staff um, went through in that, just trying to figure out and make make the changes, make the right changes to get that one win that you needed. Well, it was at this point, I believe it was eight and one. Uh, you know, so everybody was out there our heads at this point. So I believe we sure. – 
I believe that uh, the schedule just, uh, you know, they just switched the schedules around. So uh, we didn't know who we was playing. We thought we was playing West Texas, but then we ended up flying to Orlando. So that was kind of tough on us. But uh, once again, man, we just uh, we just had to uh, just make plays. There's no excuses as uh, coaches, players, everyone. We just have to do our job. And uh, we didn't get it done at that time. Uh, it was plays left on the field. It was uh, plays that I wish I can, you know, take back from uh, calling plays. Uh, but, you know, that's we just live and we learn. It was tough on us, but we definitely wanted to uh, win those games. We definitely was prepared for those games. We just didn't make enough plays. Uh, James Palmer has exactly the same question I have, but I get to ask lots of questions, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to take James' uh, ability to ask his question away. Do you plan on adding more additional coaches to help out in the future yes yes uh, we i mean we, we should have four four or five coaches at the max you know so and right now you're really just this season it was two. just you and jay rich really right yeah. and just yeah, that two was it, right yes. well see this arena game it's a, it's an easy game uh it's an easy game uh <laughs> to understand the game uh go ahead go ahead phil what west texas ran with 10 coaches yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they won two that's games <laughs> That's excessive. That, that, yeah, that's. I'm that, sorry. They won three games. They won three games. They ran and, with and ten coaches. It's no, uh, it's no disrespect to those guys, but that's just that's just doing too much. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, me and Coach Rich, uh, we was on point. Uh, we 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 know the game. We love the game, and that's really what you need. You know, you need uh, two coaches that uh, understands each other, and uh, we understood the assignment, and we was uh, we I mean, we came out hot. We came out hot. It's just that uh, those last four games, you know, it just. Like I said, we just didn't make enough plays, and uh, that falls back on me. Just like those eight wins, uh, you know, fall on me. You know, congrats to the coach. Those four losses fall right back uh, towards my way. So I accept that. I think I asked this question at the end of last year, and you sidestepped my question, and you're going to do that again. I just I know because it's one of those questions that's kind of set up, and it doesn't really have a good answer for you, but I'm going to give it a try anyway. Uh, is, who on this team would you not be surprised at all to find out they are playing on that next level up, whether it's the USFL, XFL, maybe even the big uh, the big leagues in the NFL. Who would not surprise you at all? What player on your team would you be like, yep, that makes perfect well, sense? Well, we, we have a, a few. Uh, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know. So Larry Williams, is a, uh, he's a good guy. He's a, a big-time mm -hmm. player, XFL. So he, he's, he came in. He was one of the best linemen that we had in this whole league. Uh, Kadir Chisholm is still a young guy. Uh, mm -hmm. he can ball, he can make plays, you know, it, I can go on and on. Kali Rashad, uh, Otis, uh, those guys are still young, you know? So if we get the right footage out on those guys, the right film, if they, you know, if we go to the, make the playoffs, the championship game, those guys, I have no doubt that they would have got called up to the next level. Uh, but a few of these guys are definitely going to have a workout in the XFL and, uh, we can go on and on about these guys. Kylie Rashad is one of my favorite uh, players. I'm just trying to get him on the XFL team. <laughs> uh, punt return, kick return. Uh, he would be deadly at that position. It is really criminal that they can look at, uh, you know, something you got no control over and the fact that you're 5'8 and go, well, you can't play on a, on a, on a higher level team. I think uh, Deuce Vaughn in the NFL with the mm -hmm. Cowboys is surprising people because he is an elusive Powerful running back, but he's five five, and people yes, are going. I didn't think a five five guy could play in the NFL. Sure, they can. Uh, that that 
it makes it more difficult, but you just have to work harder. And some of those guys are willing to work harder. Yeah. Yeah. So but we definitely I, do. Sorry. I know we, I'm sorry. I, I know we talked about coaches. Have you thought about asking Robert Kent Jr. to join your team as a coach? Yeah. Robert Kent, uh, he's a brother of mine. You know, uh, he definitely has a lot going on in, uh, in Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, where he coaches at. Uh, so it'll be tough, but he's definitely a brother of mine that, uh, you know, going into this uh, next season, he will definitely be an option. Philip mentioned earlier, Coach, he talked about uh, identifying players that you wouldn't see, you wouldn't be surprised to see play at the next level. Um, I kind of had a couple questions on that. Well, one, you already mentioned a name, uh, mm -hmm. but I, as far as this season goes, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, is there any one or two players that you can put a circle on and say, you know, that they had outstanding development, did uh, a, a lot more than was expected maybe at the beginning of the season, showed something that that maybe uh, you weren't uh, expecting from them through the season? And then, two, you, you mentioned Kadir Chisholm, and that's one that I, as a, as a fan watching, saw a lot – a lot of growth and a lot mm -hmm. of uh, uh, exciting plays from him as the season went on. Is, is that more, uh, would you attribute that to, to in-season growth or is that just talent that was there that we just hadn't seen at that point, but, but you knew about? Well, he's, he's always been talented. Uh, it's just that uh, learning the game with him. Uh, he sky's the limit for that kid. I mean, he, he, I haven't seen him catch the ball each and every way in practice. Uh, one hand behind the back, uh, off the top of his mm -hmm. head. I mean, it, it comes <laughs> each way. But uh, Darius Banks is another guy. You know, uh, that guy, he's still learning the game. But once he understands it, man, Kadir Chisholm and uh, Darius Banks is going to be one of the guys that uh, in two years from now, if they're still playing arena football, uh, everybody's going to want those guys. And nobody knew about those guys until they came to the Gunslingers. But mark my words, those guys are going to be uh, talked about a lot in arena football. You know that a player has made an impact when a a fan of another team will come on and say, oh, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that guy is above and beyond. He should be on the next level. Bob checking in, again, huge Jacksonville Sharks fan that says, Cali mm -hmm. should be playing on another, another level. Absolutely agree there. And then Johnny Salazar, one of our good friends, corrected his grammar. Don't do that, Johnny. <laughs> I can't. I can't let we you know what he meant. We knew, we knew what, he, what meant. he meant. It's okay. Come on now. Man, if, if you start looking it's at everything I type and correct in my grammar, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, we are going to be in trouble. Uh, Amanda Pleasure, she is part of the uh, Beehawk Live XFL show. She's in here. She and you got to play catch uh, mm -hmm. way back in the first XFL yeah. game in the in that. the uh, Browns and St. Louis. She, uh, she mentioned that uh, she misses playing catch with one of the best of the best. So uh, she's on here and she's listening and uh, remembers your game together there. Yeah, Aww, yeah it was remember. amazing. That was amazing. Yep. Uh, I wish we could have so, came out with a victory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> that was a tough one. <laughs> so as you watch on Saturday night, uh, the championship game, and, and I think we're all in agreement, Jacksonville deserves to win the championship. Were there moments that you just stopped and you were like, man, we yeah. should be here. Like we could, we can compete against either of these teams. We should be here. Yeah, it, it, it was tough watching that game. It was tough. It was tough. Uh, we definitely deserve to be there this year, but uh, a two-year organization, you know, one game away from the championship game, uh, 
you just got to take your hats off to those uh, the players, the organization, you guys, uh, everyone. Man, we've done an amazing job this year, and it, it's, just, it's just tough to watch that game. But we definitely deserve to be there, and we will be there. I like it. Four I like it. Last season, eight and four this season, a playoff berth. Um, certainly trending the right direction, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people will look at eight and one to eight and four or eight and five if you had in a playoff game and go, ah, the wheels fell off. But really, when you look at season to season, this is still growth, right? It's definitely growth. Uh, those games are not easy to win, uh, you know. Eight games, it was definitely hard. Uh, it was tough on these guys' bodies. And uh, not to mention, uh, at the end of the season, some a few guys was banged up. So they was playing playing hurt. So, you know, you don't talk about that much. And, you know, you don't put it out there on the, uh, for everyone to, to, you know, to know those things. But right. it was guys banged up. Uh, I know you guys mentioned yep. uh, the onside kicks in uh, mm -hmm. Carolina. Well, Drew Pearson, he was hurt. Nobody knew that. Okay. Yeah, nobody knew that. So, uh we didn't want to, uh, you know, just kick his leg out. It's uh, it's about him having a life out of football. So sure, uh, we wanted him Let me out. Ask there you another, yep. another oh. question about a great performer at the beginning of the season, uh, great player all the way through the season, but performance changed about halfway through the season, and we wondered, and we even uh, kicked around the idea here on the show of possibly something, some sort of physical mm -hmm. ailment or injury for Arvell. Was there something going on that y'all just didn't make public? Is that, yeah, some, is that something? Okay. Yeah, yeah. he was banged up shoulder, uh, shoulder. Uh, I believe it was an ankle injury. Uh, he had mm -hmm. a few uh, few bruises, and, uh, you know, he was battling through it. Uh, and uh, it was tough. It was tough on us, but uh, we continued to play, and uh, we made no excuses. Sure. Right, no excuses. And you mentioned those two guys, Arvell and Drew. And in this game, those are two of the, if not the two most important positions. We saw what a key role the kicking game plays in arena football with the deuces um, and and the extra the extra points of those opportunities that the teams get. Um, and there, I mean, the, the kickers in this league are by far the best kickers you'll see in the, in the mm -hmm. indoors, uh, football game anywhere, because they are so key, uh, to an offense and a game plan. Um, so really playing with two guys like that, that are kind of banged up. Uh, we weren't aware of the situation with drew, but looking back, I mean, it, it, it kind of, kind of makes sense in, in some of the situations that we saw. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's a tough one coach. Yeah, it's a tough one, but no excuses. And per mm -hmm. perhaps fans, even myself, because I was critical last week, I'm sure you watched the show or listened to the show yeah. about three straight online onside kicks. Uh, per perhaps fans need to take a step back at times and realize that you as the coach have much more information than we do. Um, yeah. And you're making decisions. At no point were you making decisions to give you less of a chance to win Every decision you're making is trying to give yourself the best chance to win, and you have more information than I do or than the fans sitting in the stand or at home. Mm -hmm. So maybe fans like us, and I'm putting myself right there in that category, should trust a little more that you have the information that makes that the right call at the time. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. Uh, definitely. We practice those uh, onside kicks, and Drew, he might have one of the best side, uh, best onside kicks in the game. So uh, – if you look at those onside kicks, we was we was close. We was close. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that that uh, of course you're you're referring to the last uh, uh, playoff game and that loss yeah. of the, the 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 three onside kicks. Um, I, I know you took a lot of heat for that. You know, a lot of, a lot of people were upset over the decision, not understanding uh, the the process and what went into that. Uh, but I mean, even players came came out, uh, people close to the team, saying that you know they were behind the decision and they thought that they get one of those and that would be a key turning point. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Just kind of e- explain the, the the situation or the thinking there uh, to those that might still be wondering. Yeah, we was uh we was gonna come in this game. We was gonna bring the energy, uh, and we wasn't gonna uh, hold nothing back. Uh, and we wanted to get one of those uh, onside kicks. So, uh, like I said, we have one of the best kickers in the game right now. And uh, when we do those uh, onside kicks in practice, we perform those. We practice them every day, each day, and uh, we execute uh, execute them. You know, and uh. I had no doubt in my mind that we was going to get one of those uh, those onside kicks, but it didn't bounce our way. Uh, and uh, that, once again, uh, if, it, if it works out, it was amazing. But if it don't, it goes right back to me. Uh, uh, but I, I, I can live with that. Uh, I'll live with it. So Jason Spurgeon asks a question here. We know him as Dirty. He's also from the Beehawk Live uh, podcast, and, and they're good friends of ours. I'm going to ask his question, but first I'm going to preface it with something. We have never, to my knowledge, spent a lot of time talking on this show about the resurgence of the Arena Football League, the AFL. Mm -hmm. Um, There is rumor that it's coming back. They have put Mm -hmm. out some stuff on Twitter. They have announced uh, different markets. Um, But I am very much, when it comes to indoor football, a show me, don't tell me kind yeah. of guy and i have seen nothing that shows me that this is actually the afl they have they have the name they own the name but i have not seen it actually happen yet i haven't seen anything that leads me to believe that's actually going to happen that being said i will now ask jason's question dirty's question here he said i don't know if uh, you've asked it yet but how does he coach shaw feel about the afl returning you were a player in the afl that is where mm-hmm. you uh, mm-hmm. built your Mm-hmm. career as a player so you have a special connection to that league how do you feel right now knowing that that's a possibility that comes back and you know more in this game than even we do about the the reality of whether this is going to happen yet am i right in saying that this there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on right now and and not a lot actually substance behind this afl idea right now no you're definitely right uh it's just a bunch of, you know, noise going on right now. And as of right now, I do I honestly believe that the NAL is the AFL. You know, it's uh it's definitely have the best players in the league, uh, that's that's going that's playing arena football right now. So uh as far as the the arena football league, uh it's just a bunch of noise right now. It's just a bunch of noise and uh I just uh, focus on, you know, the things that I really need to focus on, and that's the NAL right now. And uh, if something happens with that, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely the first love. Uh, it's no other, no other sure. arena football like the AFL. Uh, it's definitely a high class. It's the, uh, you have the best of the best players competing against each other. Uh, so it's definitely, it's definitely a, a good, a great league. But uh, as of right now, the NAL is definitely the my league right now that i'm concerned with so gotcha well we don't want to take up all your time we don't want to take up your whole night um we got 
uh, RC, Leo, you got other questions? I got one I'll, I'll wrap up with, but I was just going to uh, say, other, what, go ahead. Just what would you tell the fans who've kind of been on your you stole side? My question. I'm sorry. You stole my question. <laughs> I'm sorry. What you would you say to gunslinger fans. fans about this season? That was my question. Well, I would say, uh, guys, uh, trust in us, trust in us that we're going to get it done. The first day that I was, uh, introduced as the head coach, I told these guys, uh, the fans that uh, I would do everything in my power to get these guys to the championship game. And we were, we we're going to compete. We're going to compete. And uh, we're doing that. So just trust in us. Uh, you guys deserve it. And you will get that. Uh, and I would do nothing else uh, in my power but try to deliver the championship to uh, San Antonio because you guys deserve it. You had a ownership change in your first season. You coached in a league on fire in your second season. Are you okay with maybe just having a regular old every week we have to play a football game league uh, 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 season next season? Would that be okay with you if we just had something normal? Yeah, we just <laughs> – I mean, it. these past two years has been everything but normal, you know. So, But right. like I said, you just got to adjust to everything. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it. Uh, but – uh, coming next year, we'll be ready. We'll start off hot and we'll finish hot. Uh, I have a bunch of guys, a great group of guys that I know that's hungry. Uh, they didn't like that taste uh, at mm -hmm. the end of the season. So uh, I know they're going to come out. They're going to be ready to perform. And uh, we're going to give San Antonio what they deserve. Uh, Coach, we've really appreciated everything that you've done yeah. for us as a show. We've enjoyed the season. My favorite, maybe my favorite moment, that snapshot moment for me all season long, will be standing on our little corner where we had our little box uh, in the Orlando game mm -hmm. where you guys kicked an onside kick, surprise onside kick, and you got it. And we were excited and we're cheering and laughing. And you looked right over at me, ate, made eye contact and pointed at me. Pointed to you. And yes, I pointed sir. right back at you. Yes, sir. That is just one of those moments that is a snapshot moment. It was it was uh, an exciting game. It, it, it was a game we won, uh, which is always fun to be to win home games and win in front of the crowd. Um, but that moment, for whatever reason, uh, it didn't end up making the difference. We didn't win the game because we got that kick. But uh, just that moment of connection with you was a big deal. We really appreciate everything the gunslingers do. Oh, there's one more thing I've got to ask you. Okay. Tell us about working with this ownership group. Tell us about working with James mm, yeah. and, and uh, Jordan and all of their group, April, all of those folks. I, I need to give you an opportunity to gush about them a little bit. Uh, just a great group of guys, uh, April, Jordan, uh, you know, uh, the pops, Big Don, uh, those guys are uh, first class. Uh, uh, when it comes to this uh, football thing, they wasn't, you know, they really didn't have the knowledge at first. But once they got into it, man, uh, I could tell you that it, it's no better ownership group than John Wayne. You know, uh, those guys uh, looked out for uh, me, the players, the coaches, the trainers, and uh, it was first class all around. So uh, hats goes off to them. Uh, and uh, I could tell you, uh, if as long as John Wayne is involved in San Antonio Gunslingers, we're going to be okay. We're going to be excellent. Good. Excellent. Well, I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say other than that, Coach. We really do appreciate you jumping on with us, spending time with us. You did that uh, all season long. We didn't have you on quite as much as we thought we would at the beginning of the season because you guys are busy trying to win games. Yep. We absolutely would rather you spend time at practice 
with your players than sure. sitting here talking football with us. We do the talking football. You guys do the the playing football, and that's much more important. Well, um, I would so we I would appreciate- tell you that you guys you guys are amazing. Uh, you guys been first class uh, since you guys been on. Uh, and honestly, man, uh, it's family. Uh, the first day that I came to you guys' house, uh, Leo, uh, mm-hmm. those uh, those shrimp tacos, I still <laughs> I still remember them right man. now. Man. So uh, you guys so are first good. class. We'll get you some more, Coach. We'll yes, we'll, we'll have you again soon. Yes, well, we sir. appreciate the way that no, you and your players have represented the city of San Antonio this season. It did not end the way we want it to end, but if we're really honest, we've all been sports fans. We've all been football fans all of our lives. You have more seasons that you end disappointed than you do uh, just elated on top of the world because only one team every year gets to feel like they had a successful season. Everybody else feels like there's work that they could do. Um, And that just happens to be where we are this season, but not next year, right, Coach? No, no, we're going for it all. We're going for it all. (laughs) Uh, it, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, and, uh, we, we can't wait for the first game of next year. So we'll be ready and, uh, we're trying to go undefeated. You bet. One and oh, one and oh, one and oh, each week. He's coach Fred Shaw. He has been your head coach of your San Antonio Gunslingers for the past two seasons. And we have enjoyed all of that. And he is looking forward, um, to making it through the off season and seeing what's on the other side of that for him and the Gunslingers. Thank you so much for your time, Coach. We really appreciate you jumping on with us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. I love Coach Fred Shaw. I I really do. He is uh, a class guy. He's a class act. Um, He has represented the team uh, well. He has represented um, our city well. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't end where we wanted it to end, but I mean, honestly, it doesn't more often than it than it does. Like very rarely. That's why winning a championship it's is such hard. a big thing. Only one team can do it in any given league, any given year. That's why that's the common Sharks goal. Fans should be very proud and very excited yep. and very elated, no matter what happened. Um, you know, they they got a quarterback. They got lucky and got a hand their hands on the best quarterback in the league through a really weird confluence of of events. Um, that doesn't matter. They're holding the championship trophy and that's what they wanted. Um, and that, and we would have taken it the same way. Uh, it doesn't matter. Like there are folks, not us, by the way, I'm not saying this. There are folks saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars or Jacksonville Sharks, I'm sorry, bought the championship. That's not true. That's just, that's just not true. They took opportunities that they had and made the most of them. Any other team could have done that. They bought some players with talent, a lot of talented players that they picked up, but there's still a matter of putting that together. You can have all the talent you want on the team, but if you don't put it together and they don't execute on the field, then you're not winning anything. And that has happened many a times. Uh, so you, you don't want to give take any credit away. Uh, on, on that point, Raul Nava, I don't want to ignore Raul. He did come in late, but he had a question earlier wondering if Coach oh. – address bringing power names into the team next year. I'm assuming he's talking about, about, you know, signing big name players. Now he didn't come out and say that, but I think he kind of hinted at it when in his conversation about, you know, they're ready to reload next year and get some, get some more guys in and, and and they were going to work thinking about those things. So, but he's not going to come out and 
say a, a specific name, of course. Well, and I didn't say it maybe uh, on the feed here, uh, but our concentration today really wanted to be yeah. on this season, not yep. the future so much. We absolutely talked a little bit about that, but we've got a whole off season that we get to cover the future. We didn't want to spend a whole lot of time on that so much as um, just kind of doing this season and, and talking a little bit about this season. RC is popping in and popping out. She's having some tech issues. Technical We will issues. grab her as soon as she comes back and, uh, and be there. Bob, who is our Sharks fan that's hanging out with us tonight, got a great opportunity. I actually saw this on Facebook. He had the National Arena League trophy at his house all day yesterday. As a fan, I'm jealous. I, I'm just jealous because even if the Gunslingers won it, I don't know that I would get to bring it to my house and celebrate with it all day long. So as a fan, Bob, that's awesome. Um, that is that is an awesome uh, experience that you have. So Very cool. Uh, speaking of the championship game, I was there, and I've got to be honest with you, San Antonio fans, if you have an opportunity to go to a game at the Shark Tank, you should. I was going to ask you about that, that experience. Because that level of intensity, now granted it was a championship game and it was all of these things, but it's packed. Everybody is engaged. It's loud. Um, I, I don't want to copy them and I don't want to be the shark tank in San Antonio, but I think everybody should experience like this is what we should look for. This is the atmosphere that we want to also match when people come into our building. It was impressive. And I am not a person that comes on and says another team's fan base or another team's this or another team's that is impressive. I was legitimately impressed by the experience and the atmosphere of that game in the Shark Tank. Enough to say if you get an opportunity to go see a game at Star Veterans Memorial Arena, do it because it is a neat experience and the atmosphere is electric in a way that the gunslingers have gotten to from time to time, but it was maintained through the whole game. It was really, really impressive. Uh, the big shark, I know you've seen it on the, the screens, Leo, uh, mm -hmm. when you watch games, but the big, huge shark balloon that floats around the whole time, just awesome. The whole thing that they've got it figured out. And granted, Jacksonville has done this for 14 years. They have learned how to do this through trial and error the same way San Antonio is doing. And San Antonio is coming up faster than I think anybody would expect because the first game against the Orlando Predators of last season, of the 2022 season, to now, there is a oh, huge difference in atmosphere and experience. Um, Huge. So they're getting the right direction, but man, it was just electric. It was, I have to applaud Jacksonville and their fans. It was impressive. That, that is the benchmark right now, for sure. It is. As, as far it as absolutely is. the, the, the fandom and, and the amount of fans and support they have now talking about uh, the atmosphere and, and the engagement of the fans. I can't speak for the Jacksonville experience i wasn't there but san antonio is very impressive for what we do yeah. get there but 
we need more. We do definitely need more. We, I see people in the comments talking about being disappointed with the fan base this year, and I can certainly understand Just the numbers. that. The yes. numbers have been lower than we expected and than yep. we want. Um, and, you know, they're doing their best on the organizational level, and I think fans are doing their best. It just mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. It just so, takes time to get there. On that subject, far be it for me to not take advantage of an opportunity to give my fellow co-host a little ribbing when I have the chance, but I do remember someone on a previous show mentioning that they would be at the championship game and would for certain be representing that San Antonio fan base with the red, white, and blue and a gunslinger's jersey. And True. then after the fact, because what of happened? yada, 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 and, and, and media access and, oh, you know, I wanted to be respectful, and I understand that. But still, you had an opportunity to represent this fan base over there and be in the stands and not necessarily in the media section, and you shrunk from it. And I am very disappointed in you, Philip Higginbotham. You see this jersey right here? Do you see this jersey? Do you, does everybody see what I'm wearing here? This is yeah, a shoe get, Philip. <laughs> I wore this jersey to the. This jersey has been to the championship game. I wore it all night. But I wore a fishing shirt, a blue fishing uh-huh. shirt over it because, <laughs> because uh, I was granted media access and I am a big believer that uh, there is decorum in the press box and there's a certain, there are things that you do and you don't do. And I did not want to embarrass myself. I didn't want to embarrass the gunslingers um, by wearing a fan jersey into the press box. That being said, I'm not going to use any names because that would be wrong. There were folks in the press box in Jacksonville that were yelling and screaming at the officials during the game Mm. from the press box. And I found that a breach of press box decorum. It's a working press box Mm -hmm. uh, and you shouldn't do that. Shame on you. Um, That being said, uh, I did wear it. Yeah. It wasn't super visible, but yeah. I absolutely wore it because I told everybody I would, so I wore it. Weak. <laughs> Sorry. If you thought you were going to get away with with uh, us not or me not calling you out at least on the show, sorry to disappoint you, but no, no, that does that doesn't that that doesn't count, my friend. <laughs> uh, the I get the, it. Now, the atmosphere is electric. It's very neat. It's a very neat thing. Uh, Jacksonville's a beautiful city. I got to walk a lot of it uh, because I walked from my hotel to the uh, Veterans Five Star uh, Veterans Memorial Arena. Um, and then I got there and I went through the whole game on my feet because they did not have two rows of seating in the mm. press box. So I had to stand through the whole game in the press box. And then I got done with the game and I was like, hey, Uber's my friend. I'm not walking back to my hotel. So <laughs> Ubered back to the hotel. I don't blame you. Uh, how long of a celebration was there after the game, too, that you got to witness that, that on top of the game? I'm sure there was a, a bit of celebrating going on. Did you get to experience that? I did. Um, it was it was a spectacular uh, – what's the best way to say this? It was a great copy – 
of championship uh, celebrations that I've seen before. The big, huge uh, confetti cannons and the hats and the shirts. There was nothing specific that I was like, ooh, this is a cool idea that I've never seen anyone else do. But it was right up there with uh, the XFL mm -hmm. and, you know, on the field, presentation of trophies, fans on the field with them, the Conference USA Championship game that I've been to. Um, it was right in line with those, the celebration was. Fans were allowed onto the field, players mixing with fans. Uh, a great time, a big celebration. Um, all the players going back into the locker room and then coming out with goggles on because they had been spraying the champagne in there. Um, they have every right to celebrate and be excited about their team. Yep, congrats to the Jacksonville Sharks. I was pulling for the Cobras, but... They, they deserve the win. They came out in that second half and really turned it on. I, I mean, the, when the, the way the Cobras came out, I was like, there was one point where I was ready to text you, and I was like, the Cobras are dominating because at one point early on they wore. Um, but to their credit, you know, Jacksonville kind of hung in there. And like you said, at the at halftime, they, they felt like they were in control of the situation. Um, and I'm glad you got to be there representing – uh, the Smoking Guns podcast and and meeting people out there like like Bob and 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 others. So, uh, yeah, we need more of that. More more opportunities to connect fans uh, around the you know the NAL with other fan bases for sure. Yeah, it was it was a really great experience. It's a great stadium or a great arena. Uh, very impressive place to play. But again. They're doing all this with 14 years experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We'll get there. Um, yeah, it's going to take time. When, uh, But we'll get there. So the championship is over and done. I know that I saw some folks in our comments earlier asking about uh, NAL and some other rumors and some things like that. I, I can't I can't address any of that. I've heard the same rumors. Um, mm -hmm. I we all have. I think all three of us have. I've had conversations with people in the know. Um, I, I can tell you the the thing I can tell you right now is that there is nothing to report. If you ask me where we're playing right now, we are in the NAL, um, and that's all I know, and that's all I want to know. And if there's a change, we will absolutely be one of the first places you hear about that from because we are connected to the team. I don't know if we'll be the first place you hear it, but if there's a change or if there's a confirmation that the NAL is where we're going to be, you're going to hear that from us. Um, and until I have that confirmed and able to roll out to you guys, I can't say anything one way or the other because I'm hearing some things one way, some things the other. Ultimately, I'm not sure any uh there is any information to share right now right now we are an nal team and yeah. and that's what we're gonna be um and the nal is I, i've been telling you guys for what a month now leo that big things are going to happen in the nal over the last week mm -hmm. we've seen that yeah. as we've seen omaha the omaha beef have now joined the nal sioux city bandits have joined the yep. nal and i believe this is a rumor so this has not been announced yet, but I believe the Topeka Tropics will be joining any day now or have joined and did not announce yet or something along that line. But those three teams were hooked together as they left the CIF 
And two of those teams have now joined the NAL, I would expect, the NAL to take on uh, the Topeka Tropics, which, by the way, I can't decide if I love the name Topeka Tropics or if I hate the name Topeka Tropics. Um, <laughs> That's one of those you're still on the fence about, huh? I mean, they're yeah. obviously riffing on Semi-Pro, the, the yeah. uh, Will Ferrell movie. Um, it was a fan-voted thing um, that made them the T Topeka Tropics, but I've been to Topeka. There is nothing remotely <laughs> tropical about Topeka at all, and which maybe that's the joke. I, you know, maybe that's the whole thing. But um, I, well, I there aren't. This, yeah, okay. I, I was going to make comment, but I, I decided against that. Um, I was gonna, since we're talking about about rumors, um, I feel comfortable saying, and then especially because Bob brought it up as well but if uh, out there in the twitterverse i saw some things with an nal logo about an announcement coming uh 831 about a team in fort carson um they said we have a big announcement and then they have the you know, fort collins sorry fort and collins. then they have an nal logo on there so if you've been paying attention you're like well i definitely know what that means but yeah that that, that might be the yeah. worst kept secret in yeah. arena football right now because they've already hit twitter with like Colorado Spartans NAL is their handle and some of that kind of stuff. I think you're safe in saying there's a good possibility that a Colorado team is coming into the NAL. We have nothing. We have nothing official yet, uh, but things are bright for the NAL. I know that this was a rough year. We, we dealt with the league on fire all year long and that was no fun. Things are looking bright for the NAL. Uh, yep. yes. Yeah. Alfred. <laughs> Except maybe not quite as many during the season. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Keep going, Jordan. Keep going. <laughs> uh, for those that are listening and not watching, Alfred Rodriguez and keep on producing awesome fan jerseys will help. Yeah. Love the fan jerseys. I mean, I think each one of us is wearing a different one right now. Uh, yes, each one of us now on the show is wearing a different one. And there are many, many more. Um, but yeah, paying for those many, many more is what hurts. <laughs> Michael Wayne Davis is Orlando and West Texas going to the AFL. Currently, that is their plan as far as they have told us. I will Announced. tell you that if the if the AFL plays a single down of football, I will eat this hat. Um, <laughs> if, if, if the AFL plays a single down of football in 2024... With the 16 teams that they have announced, or 16 teams anywhere, any 16 teams, I will eat part of this hat. Hold on. Um, Are you going to eat that hat behind a fishing shirt? Yes. Where no one can see? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's how I'm going to do it. Um, I, don't be, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I don't think the AFL is a real thing. Um, I, I don't see any evidence, any substance behind all of the talk. And I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, and I have no problem saying that. Some folks in NAL media are just refusing to cover it, or I'm sorry, in indoor football media are refusing to cover it at all because there's no substance, and I kind of feel that way. Like, I don't even like talking about it right now, mm -hmm. but I will talk talk about it, it, you know, in so much to say that I don't think it's ever going to happen. I don't think it's a real thing. I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. So what does that mean for West Texas and Orlando? Don't be surprised if they wind up back in the NAL because they find out that the league they 
currently committed to is nothing but a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all to see those two teams kind of come back with their hat in their hand and like, Ooh, we're sorry. We thought we had something else figured out. Will you take us back? And the NAL say, yeah, absolutely. You're here uh, until you're not. I would think. Got to pay that that's entry all. fee. Yeah. <laughs> pay your fee. And yeah. <laughs> Michael Wayne Davis says he really likes West Texas. I I do and I don't. There are some things that I really liked. I love Top Gunner. I think it's a neat thing that they do. Um, I was not a big, I'm a big fan of their whole uh, team concept, the Warbirds, the helmets, the red, white, and blue, even though that's kind of our thing. I like all of that stuff. I did not really like, I was not a big fan of Tate Smith this season, their head coach. Um, I, I did not like his coaching staff. He had 10 guys on there and it just felt like they were always discombobulated. Um, and maybe that's because he had 10 uh, on there. I don't know. Um, there are some good things. I, you know, there's some great things about West Texas. There are also some things that I was like, me, me, yeah. Meh. I, I, I'm, I'm with Jay Washington where he says the West Texas San Antonio rivalry was slash is great. I, I was a fan of the Texas rivalry and that kind of little extra motivation, um, to play one another and beat one another. Um, but uh, yeah, fair points. All that you said, Philip. So, what was your favorite? I, I kind of talked with Coach Shaw a little bit about one of my snapshot moments of the season that I will carry for years and years, and that is that onside kick in or uh, against Orlando in San Antonio. Um, what about you, Leo? What is a snapshot moment for you this season that you just kind of? you'll always kind of go back to and go, uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a great experience. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the th biggest things I, I thought that I thought was a lot of fun was seeing uh, the fan engagement and seeing uh, fans really get involved. And I'm talking like soup, Mike Steele. Yes. With, with, with the, the captain gunslinger, uh, coming out and um, uh, I can't believe his name is escaping me, but the, the, uh, the, uh, the bandit, the gunslinger bandit, um, Rick Vela, Rick Vela. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I, I apologize, Rick. You're a great friend of mine. And, and I, I love talking to you and seeing you. And I just could not, your name was my brain. Was not making the connection, but seeing Rick Vela going around and people taking pictures with them and engaging and doing the guns up and getting excited and, and just that interaction and seeing that fan involvement and everyone just kind of coming together over the team, that was really special for me to see. Because I think we saw more of that this season than we have in the past. Um, maybe not the largest crowd we've ever had, because I think that probably still goes to last season. But as far as a certain number of fans really embracing the team and really embracing the product and wanting to do something to share that experience with others around them. Uh, you, you really saw a lot of that this season uh, in, in lots of people, guys like, and I'm, I'm going to miss people's names. So I really apologize if I, if I don't mention you and you feel you were worth being mentioned because you absolutely are, if you feel that way, because you know what part you played, but like Johnny Salazar, um, uh, 
there's there's just so many people that just engaged the fans, made sure you know, dedicated their own time, not getting paid, not not being uh, part of the payroll and doing this for profit or doing it for other reasons, but other reasons more than just the love of the team and the love of the fan base and the love of of San Antonio and football. And that was just that was just really cool to see. You know, that that that's my favorite part by far. Dolores Loli's coming out and dressing like Wonder Woman on 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 superhero night and taking pictures with other little girls who were dressed as Wonder Woman and taking pictures with fans and just uh even coaches and players. It was it was a really cool thing to see that interaction, that melding of the fans coming together. It was awesome. I don't think we've seen it to that level up to this point this season. And I really look forward to seeing more of that. One of the big things that we talked about as the XFL announced they were coming to San Antonio and we talked about the direction we wanted to take with the show and do we want to cover both? And I think that was a no brainer for us. We really started, I don't know if we've told the story on the show before, but we started the Smoky Guns podcast with the intent of covering the XFL if they ever came to San Antonio. We had such a great time with the Alliance of American Football that when we sat down with the OG3 in our very first meeting with them, as we talked about the gunslingers, we made it clear that if the XFL came to San Antonio, we would also cover them. That has been part of what we wanted to do since the very beginning uh, of this show. And what we have said is we wanted to see the gunslingers fan base be the same kind of thing that we saw with the commanders and we saw with the Brahmas, maybe in a smaller scale, but that same sort of um, excitement around the team. And I think we're getting that. I think we're getting there. It's so much easier when you have the dollars that the AAF said they had and that the XFL had, um, and you're able to uh, play in the Alamo Dome and put your your stuff on ESPN Plus and uh, you know, when you're on YouTube and you're playing a, a, a smaller little brother of the sport, you can't expect that same sort of scale um, for fan bases. Yeah. But we've seen this Gunslingers fan base begin to kind of rise to that same sort of level. Um, there are there are celebrity fans. There are super fans mm-hmm. that are becoming known around Gunslinger world like Super Mike Steele. Steve Canto, uh, which is funny because they're also guys over in that Brahma sort of area. Uh, Rick Villa, yep. Um, and that's Juan Hernandez, exciting. that's a lot of fun. Juan Hernandez, yeah, a lot of fun to see that happen. RC, what about you? Is there snapshot moments that you're gonna take this year? Well, for sure, the superhero one was the best watching all the kids dress up, but for me, I love the community interaction when I was able to participate in the parade. That was amazing to me. I'll always remember that. Sure. Sure. And the fans, Brahma Babe coming out. Uh, We had uh, Mm. uh, Reels and Heels coming from Florida. Mm -hmm. I think the friendship and the familyhood, if that's even a word, that we've gained through this podcast is amazing to me. That we've touched so many people and they've touched us. Um, Along with the community fan event that we're working on. People always coming out to participate, uh, cheer on the fans, cheer on the players, the coaches. I mean, it was amazing. This I had a great season. Yeah, certainly seeing Brian and Nicole, uh, Jeremy and Jackie, yep. Greg and Kim, uh, you know, 
Brahma Babe, Renee, who's hanging out with us right now and seems to be hanging out with us every week. Uh, Mo and Iris, like those folks, uh, people Michael that I have Davis. no connection to, other than Jeremy Knox, who I did his wedding, I, I performed his wedding. The people I just listed off, I had no connection to them before football. And now I consider these people friends because of football, because of San Antonio professional football. That's so cool. That is such a cool thing. And Annette and Heidi, whenever I said, hey, let's get some capes, no one called me crazy. They're like, okay, how about Matt? <laughs> okay, let's do it. You know, let's stand over here. Okay. So my ride and die girls, and of course, Lolis is always there for me. So thank you for everything, for supporting the podcast, for supporting us, the team, and also for supporting each other, the big fans that we have. Mm-hmm. Raul Nava says, you guys are my favorite part about the pre, during, and postseason. We appreciate that, sir. Uh, we enjoy what we do. We would do it, I think, if nobody listened, but you guys do. And you interact with us, and we have had a blast. Yeah. I would not give up 30 straight weeks of Monday nights or Tuesday nights, depending on where they fell, uh, if this was a slog and felt like another job. And uh, like it wouldn't be like I'm ready for a break. Don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. I'm ready for a Monday night that I don't have to scramble to get a show ready. But I really enjoy this, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way. We really have a great time. It's not like we're getting rich on this or anything no. so in fact quite the opposite uh with fan jerseys and the such and such and i would like to um give a shout out to my family for always being supportive um for those meals that i didn't cook on monday nights so thank you sure. jerry blowing kisses and to francesca who to me was the best intern ever um so thank you for my family for always supporting me and allowing me to go to the uh to the games to the watch parties, uh, even though my husband didn't always come with me, he was there with me in spirit, buying me hats, buying me shirts. So thank you, my love. Our way, Jerry. Absolutely. I know Michael Wade Davis said a few minutes ago, I, I don't see the comment anymore. I could scroll up and find it, but I, I remember what he said. He said the games were great. The watch party venues, not so much. Remember, Mike, uh, Michael Wayne Davis um sometimes they are at the mercy of the places that will allow them or not allow them they don't own their own place where they can say hey this is just going to be gunslinger central uh for this game and that's uh really wow uh <laughs> pardon our silence for the recording jordan wow Steaming. Breaking One of the news, folks. People we really love from the organization has been a big part of a lot of that we do and a lot of these jerseys that we love and complain about simultaneously. Says, uh, you want to read that, Philip? The Gunslinger truck. If you've seen the games, you know what he's talking about. The Gunslinger truck was stolen last night at gunpoint. So the Gunslinger truck actually became a Gunslinger truck. We tracked it and reclaimed it this morning. But if you see anything on social media, it wasn't Jordan. Wow. Um, how, how popular are the gunslingers? People will literally steal your vehicle if you're driving a gunslinger's truck, man. Oh, wow. my wow. gosh. That's I am crazy. in shock. Obviously, that, just glad everybody's okay at that yes. point. Yes, like, that's the most important thing. That is the most important thing and the best news that uh, nobody was yeah, hurt. Wow. That is 
just mind blowing. That's crazy. Um, it is. I don't even I, I don't even know how to follow that up. Like everything else seems kind of pointless. Now, um it, it's been a fun season. We're not going to let it die here. We're going to have one more show next week on Monday. Yeah. Uh and I want everybody, every fan that we can get in to connect with us either here in the comments, we may bring some fans on. We'd like to reach out to Robert Seco. Have him on the show talking about the video and the content that he's produced because we absolutely love it. It's great. The most famous truck in San Antonio, Jay Washington, is not wrong. Not wrong at all. Uh, seems like that would be, uh, as as we make sure everybody's okay and the truck is okay and property is okay and all that thing, that's something you should certainly reach out to some of the uh, media in town and maybe work that into some uh, gunslingers uh media a little bit uh you can get on all the news shows with that i would think for sure did we talk about there was it's not too late to donate for the fan drive we're still making we have not yet we not yet we haven't talked about the fan drive yet we were waiting for you to get settled for the fan drive tell us how that went um it went good we had quite a few um donations monetary wise i know greg nelson donated a hundred dollars uh two of my co-workers um donated twenty dollars each my friend from high school barbie uh she donated 25 i know uh, we were just talking about him um the camera guy uh robert um robert he yeah he made a donation we had one fan one fan actually drop off a fan um and so we're still if you can venmo me that's fine we're, we're going to probably turn them all in by next week so don't think it's too late you can still no. make a monetary donation or you can drop off a box. I'm going to pick one up this week. How many are and, you up to right now? Just ballpark. Uh, we have one physical fan and we have over $160 to purchase fans. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's a good number of fans. And, and also, we've had people reaching out wanting to, uh, wanting to contribute and donate more. Um, and then we had a recent, another, I know... Uh, I got a confirmation via uh, text message uh, during this show about another donation. Oh. Um, so um, from Mo, I don't know if, if, uh, if you mentioned uh, Mo RC, but other people have been asking as well. So just so you know, if you'd like to make a donation, but don't have Venmo because that question has been posed message me or message the show one or the other. Um, and then I will respond and get back to you. I, I don't I don't want to uh, I don't want to pressure anybody by putting other payment methods out there, kind of make that come across the wrong way. But if someone is interested and wants to reach out to me, and I will I will message you back with the information. I've got Cash App and and PayPal as well that you could send to, and then I will forward that over to the Venmo account that RC has uh, that she's using for this fundraiser. So there are other options. Just Message the show on Facebook or message me directly, and I will I will get that information over to you. With the uh, Gunslinger truck story, Michael Wayne Davis says we need a police lineup of all the diehard fans. Let's get to the bottom of this. Uh, I will say I have mentioned before that I really like that truck. I've been in Florida. I have receipts. I have boarding passes. I couldn't have done it. It wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I have an alibi. I did not take the truck. Uh, he did say that uh, April's car 
which was also taken out of their driveway, is still MIA. Probably a little easier to find the Gunslinger's truck than yeah. April's car. Uh, Gunslinger truck is one of a kind. Uh, that is just terrible. That the world we live in sometimes drives me nuts. Uh, it is glad everybody that this sort of stuff shouldn't happen to. So, uh, you know, my, my heart goes out to you guys. If there's anything yeah. we can do to help, uh, let me know for sure. I'm, I'm just really glad that, that everyone's okay. The both of you are fine. If anything would happen to, to you guys, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to do a show tonight. I would right. say crazy. Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't even want to think about that, but very glad you guys are okay. That's terrible. Crazy world we live on, uh, upsetting sometimes. Uh, we'll try to do as much good as we can to counteract some of that. And one of the great things that RC is doing, I don't ever want to take credit as a show. I know that she puts it out there as a show thing when we do these things, but RC is the driving force behind these community uh, events we do, things like collecting canned goods at Brahma's Games. That's RC. Uh, mm -hmm. doing a fan drive. That's RC. That's not the three of us coming together and go, what can we do? And we hammer it out. It's RC going, we need to do this. And the two of us going, yeah, we're behind that. Sure. Okay. Um, RC is the one that does that and puts that good to kind of counteract some of that crazy stealing cars out of people's driveway, negative energy that's out there. Um, so there's still time to donate. If you want to reach out to the show or reach out to Leo, reach out to RC, uh, and donate for the fan drive. Um, I don't think it's going to get any cooler uh, for mm -mm. the next few months. I think it's just going to remain hot and gross. Um, hot help and somebody gross. out that help somebody out that doesn't have an AC, doesn't have the ability to keep it cool. Um, makes a huge difference. RC is yeah. the best, and she does balance the show. We've said for nearly four years now. Uh, with the thing that go ahead i was just gonna say i i don't want to interrupt your thoughts sorry but i was say without rc we'd be just a couple of fat guys talking about some stuff we don't know about <laughs> we would be every other football podcast without <laughs> rc we would be two oh, fat guys. guys talking about football um rc changes the dynamic and is important to the show um it's I, what I makes our show different and the show without saying i am very disappointed that our six shooters did not get an award. So let's talk about this. Yes. Last year in AL. Criminal. Y'all are paying attention. You're listening. I know. Last year, you did a really cool thing where you looked at a franchise that struggled through the first half of the season, really started to get its legs under it in the second half of the season, and you, in a in a almost embarrassing way, showered them with praise and awards and accolades. And it was awesome. You gave them franchise of the year. You gave us a uh, head coach of the year. You gave us all kinds of neat awards because you saw that the gunslingers were trending up this year. You did exactly the opposite. You disregarded the Senate. There were only five teams at the end of the league at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Only five of us, and you just kind of robbed us of every award that we could have possibly thought we could have won. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, if if of all the things that you thought were like a definite 
like we're we're definitely the front runners from this organization. The the six shooters for the the cheerleading squad having the best cheerleading squad of the NAL. I was like, I, I can't imagine it anyone being any better than from what we saw on the broadcast at least. I'm not trying to take shots at anybody, but it's just like what we saw and what we witnessed. Um, and and it's kind of like what Abel Chavez Garcia says here. I, I still feel slighted. I still think it's wrong because I don't know how there was anybody better. But he says, we know ourselves. The six shooters are the best. Doesn't matter what the league says. Well, and not only did they did they not give the six shooters the award, they also said that the best fan base was Jacksonville after giving it to Orlando last year. Uh, organization Game Day Ops went to Jacksonville. And, and again, I said earlier on the show, they do a great job out there. But I don't think it's, uh, you know, I, I think one of those three awards should have been San Antonio. I think we were completely disregarded for whatever reason. They just kind of said, eh, yep. San Antonio got a lot last year. Let's give it to Jacksonville this year. And that's not the way it should work. Um, I'm not did... taking anything away from Jacksonville, mm. but somewhere along the way, San Antonio deserved a nod and didn't get it. And that's not okay. And when you do and stuff should like... be an award. I'm sorry. There should be an award for podcast too. Favorite park <laughs> podcast. We would get that. We would get that. <laughs> Inside the walls, we'd get favorite league podcast because they cover the whole league. We cover the gunslingers. Uh, we're the gunslingers' favorite podcast, and that's there all. There you go. Really that's about. what counts. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're after. So, yeah. Well, the season comes to an end. Jacksonville holds the trophy this year. Mm. Enjoy it, Jacksonville. Hold yep. it tight. Enjoy your fourth championship, your third NAL championship. Enjoy that because next year we're coming for it. Um, just like we would tell Arlington, enjoy that very first XFL uh, 3.0 championship trophy because we're coming after that one too. The Brahmas are working their way that direction. More XFL signings. Speaking of the XFL in the mm -hmm. NFL, Jaquez Patrick uh signed where did he sign leo he wound up somewhere uh i didn't see that signing i was gonna get happy because i know that he was released by denver where he originally signed and he's been signed somewhere else you're telling me so yeah th this is uh this is something that i don't i'm not sure oh yeah renee bell peters chiming in titans michael wayne davis yes. titans well, there Tennessee you go. Guys, congratulations. And Iris, fan of the show, big friend of the show. We love her. Uh, she's a big Titans fan, so something to really cheer now, for, that's for sure. Now, it's very interesting. The Titans is an interesting fit for him, and here's why. I'm going to get into my – I'm going to put on my NFL hat for a second and say the Titans have a big, giant, bruising running back in Derrick Henry, mm -hmm. and they just signed a shifty um, sort of scat back – guy in Jaquez Patrick. Like he's big, he's bruising, but he's very um mobile. He kind of moves all over the place uh, in a way. Yeah. In a way that uh even his mate in the backfield this year, and I can't think of his name now, um, who was the other running back we had for the Brahmas? 
Oh, uh, yes, you show these questions on the show that I uh, ah, we had an ongoing yes, uh, we did debate over who was better for the longest time, and I kept telling you it was Jacquez Patrick, but and you I disagreed think, with me. I um, think pairing Derrick Henry with a guy like Jaquez Patrick all of a sudden becomes a very dangerous backfield because you have two different style runners there. That's what you should always look for. Is two guys that have sort of a different style, and you have that in Derrick Henry and Jaquan. Kalen Bellage. Bellage, that's it. That's yes. it. I remember that. Now I remember it now that you said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned uh, it at the top of the show. Raul, Raul says, are you guys going to stick around for the NFL college high school season? Or are you going to take a well-deserved break? We will be around. We plan on doing about one show a month as we head through the San Antonio, San Antonio football offseason um, through the NFL season, through the regular football season. We'll be around, but we won't be doing weekly shows. We are going to take a little bit of a break um, starting after next week's show. We're going to, we got one more left in us, and then we will be taking a little bit of a break. Abel Chavez, Garcia, Ezekiel Elliott, thoughts, Phil. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, it is reported, has signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots, and I wish Patriots. him nothing but success. I hope Ezekiel Elliott does very well. I hope he runs well. I hope he uh, meets every goal that he wants. I have nothing against Ezekiel Elliott. We just could not continue to pay him what his contract was in Dallas. And so with that being what it was, I'm glad we let him go. But I hate to see him go somewhere else, and I do wish him nothing but success. I hope he does really, really well. Um, but I don't because you know. I'm not. A, I, I just don't like <laughs> Patriots, but, and I have no love for the Cowboys, so I don't have that that uh, loyalty to him. But you know, whatever. I, I don't wish any harm to him. I just if he I am very out excited. and goes away and retires, it won't bother me. <laughs> I am very excited that Zach Martin and the Cowboys have figured out a deal to get Zach Martin back in camp because we need that boy on our offensive line. Uh, very excited about Cowboy season. I joke about it all the time, but this is the year. This is it. I'm we hear excited. this every year at the preseason and at the beginning of the season from every Cowboys fan. This is nothing new. It this sounds like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but I am excited about the Lions because I'm going to the Cowboy yes. Lions game December 30th. And I'm trying to reach out to um, Parker Romo and Scott Daly. So hopefully I can meet them and we can have dinner with them and talk yeah. about the commanders and talk about the XFL. So I'm excited about that. Abel Chavez Garcia. Oh, really? Zach Martin's good now. Yes, they did the deal today. They extended his contract and gave him a guaranteed contract. I believe it's through the next three years. He is reporting to camp. All that's good. If you're a Cowboys fan, breathe easy. We've got Zach Martin and enough money to keep Micah Parsons around. That's what we all wanted. That good job. That's I Jerry's be... favorite player. Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. I mean, he's I, a beast. I, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, absolute a lot of, beast. Definitely a priority uh, to get re-signed when he's when he's facing free agency. Um, I'll be at a at a Broncos game. Not my first time, but. Um, uh, certainly Lolly's and my son's first time to, to witness a game at mile high, uh, week oh, two of the cool. season. We just, we just locked down some tickets and travel arrangements to go see 
uh, them play the Washington Commanders. They were by far the cheapest tickets because I guess no one really cares about the Washington Commanders. But being Broncos fans, just you know, not living in Denver, we didn't really care who the opponent was. We wanted right. to experience a home game. So I didn't mind paying less money to see uh, the commanders rather than, you know, a higher, uh, you know, a rivalry like Kansas City or uh, something like that. But uh, we're going up there and we're, we're excited about that. So there's going to be a lot to talk about during the NFL season. We'll, we'll see how things go. So the hotel I stayed at in Jacksonville for the championship game, it turns out is the hotel that the Jacksonville Jaguars players use during training camp. But. I was there the night that they played Dallas. So none of the players were in the hotel except one guy who did not travel with the team. He got into the elevator with us. I'm almost 100% sure it was Dwayne Smoot, who is a defensive tackle for the Jaguars, rode in the elevator with us. He, The bellhop and he were talking about um, Jadavian Clowney coming mm. to town and how he might be signing with the Jaguars. Very cool. And again, if you've never been face-to-face or face-to-bicep, because that's how tall they are, to an NFL player, it just blows you away when you see the size of these men that play this game. Uh, Man, just ridiculous. Just crazy how big this dude was. And uh, he and the bellhop started talking, and I'm like, oh, he plays defensive line just based on – and so I started looking, and, and sure enough, I think it was Dwayne Smoot. Very cool sort of moment in football. Well, what else? Championship game. I do want to mention uh, back on the XFL, I don't know if people got a chance to see, because it was shortly before the show started uh, where they posted that they're doing a back-to-school special. So if you want merch, I think you had to buy four items is what the the thing said, and then you put in the back-to-school code. And it's 40% off. So that's a significant discount, but you got to buy four things to get that 40%. Um, but still, uh, for those of you that haven't seen that and you're looking to get uh, some XFL merch, some Brahma's gear, because you don't want to buy any of that other stuff, but uh, definitely go check it out. Did Coach Gibson, Abel Garcia says, did Coach Gibson stay on the sideline this time? He sure did. He followed all the rules and did it the right way and won himself a championship in the NAL, uh, something that has eluded him for a while. He did finally uh, mark that off the list, and he was very excited after the game. I actually got to talk to him one-on-one with Jim Bernay from Inside the Walls. We were all standing there. So then you took off your fishing shirt and showed him your Gunslinger's jersey. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Were you in the media booth when this happened? Uh, I was. I was in the uh, <laughs> the downstairs area where the media passes. What got me there? Yeah. So okay, okay. Um, I've got. I'm. I'm starting to get a collection of these. Uh, I now have my championship game credentials for the NAL. I've got oh. an XFL one. I've got a big uh, uh, conference USA one. I've got tons of uh, XFL and uh, AAF and UTSA ones. Um, I've got a couple of Gunslingers pass. I'm starting to get a collection of press passes that I I, I really do. That's cool stuff. Um, appreciate. So. Well, speaking Mike of Wayne UTSA, says, I'm sorry. Speaking of UTSA, you brought it up. I wanted to give a shout out to 
uh, Dome Dog. Um, yep. I'm having a uh, purse bingo, and we're having a basket. And um, I was able to purchase two tickets from him for the San Marcos uh, UTSA game coming up September 9th. And September 15th, I believe, or the 14th, UTSA is playing Army. And my brother actually went to West Point, a graduate of 1985. And him and about 10 buddies that all graduated are coming to the game. And we're having a big, huge party for his birthday. And he's retiring as a lieutenant colonel. And he's retiring for uh, 30 years of working for the city of Chicago. So congratulations, Kiko. Very cool. Congrats. Michael Wayne Davis says the XFL needs to fix merchandise problem this year. It's cheap garbage. I expect better merchandise this year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I expect better merchandise. It's 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 got to be, um, yeah, because they let it left a lot to be desired. I'm not just talking about the jerseys. I mean, I have a number of hats, t-shirts were eh, okay, but the hats uh, they haven't stood up the test of time. So yeah, I no. definitely agree with that. Uh, Abel Garcia, when does Brahma season start? And Renee Peters, uh, the Brahma babe, says a week or so after the Super Bowl last year. Schedule's not out yet, probably February. Mm -hmm. I will tell you that I would think the third weekend in February is when yeah. the XFL will start. That is the week after the Super Bowl. Yeah. And if they follow what they did last season, that is when they'll get started. But she's right. They haven't put out the schedule yet. We all thought maybe that's what 8-1 was all about. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was a dud of an announcement. Wah, wah, wah. Season tickets are on sale, everybody. Go buy your season tickets. We'll do it. I mean, We knew that already. We got an email. Go buy your season <laughs> tickets, but geez, what a dud of an announcement. They've done that to me a couple of times now in the XFL um, where they go, oh, we're going to make a big announcement. You can buy single game tickets now. And we were like, well, we knew that was coming. We thought it was going to be something actually big i don't i don't think anyone would argue that's been following the xfl and fans of the xfl that right now the weakest point and i'm not talking about on the team level i'm talking about yes. on the league level their weakest yes. point right now is marketing that's what yep. has to improve certainly marketing and and uh and they've hired some new marketing people for this new season i expect it to be better it can't be worse um, I guess it could be, but I can't imagine that it could be worse. Um, that is one thing that they really need to work on. And this was very in the vein of other things they've done before where they made this big uh, brouhaha about 8-1 and then the announcement did not match the hype. And that's the key, folks. Your announcement needs to match the hype. If mm -hmm. it's season tickets or going on sale, that's about a year. And so this is all the hype you need for that. You don't need this much hype for this. That's bad. And that's what they did. Uh, they really hyped it up to here. And then it turned out to be this. And I, you know, I'm not. Nah. That leaves a, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. It does. And then they, they stop paying attention because they're right. like, Oh, it's, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you cry wolf. Sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know that there's a lot more to say. We're going to finish up a little early tonight, but that's okay. I am I'm still in Florida. I'm actually down in West Palm Beach right now in my mother-in-law's uh, complex's library because her internet's not working. So Biblioteca. Biblioteca. 
Yeah, that's very uh, nice. Enjoying um, the Florida humidity. And uh, it rained hard on us all the way down to West Palm yesterday. Mm. But I will be back in, in South Texas next week. Uh, we will wrap up the season three uh, with with season three, episode 30. Um, be the final regular, uh, final weekly show of the season. The big finale. 30 episodes to get us through Brahma season and Gunslinger season. That's impressive. 30 straight weeks of weekly shows is a big deal. On the third year of the Smoking Guns podcast show, we did 30 episodes. And mm. we also have to thank wow. Ralph for, for stepping in uh, yes. when we needed him. So yes, thank you, Because without him, we would not have done 30 straight shows. Like that no. would not have happened. No. Um, so does that mean in year four, we've got to do 40 straight shows? Oh, and God. Year I hope five, not. We've got to do 50 <laughs> straight shows. Um, uh, no, that's not what that means. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> because year six is going to get real dicey if that's the case. <laughs> We're going to have uh, to go to bi-weekly shows to make that happen. Uh, yeah. If you are a Patreon to our show, A, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for everything you do for our show. Um, it has allowed us to do some really cool things, some really amazing things, and uh, we could not um, have done this season without you. I am pulling up the list right now because they deserve the accolades that we give, which is not much. It's uh, it's Mo and Iris Ferrante. It's Herman Robles Jr., Kim and Greg Nelson, James and Jordan Steubing, Jay Washington, Gary Vaught, James Palmer, Alfred Rodriguez. Thank you so much for being a patron of the show. I want to let you know that if you're a patron of the show, as we take a hiatus, we will pause our Patreon through our... Um, break from now until the beginning of the year we're just going to put a pause on that you don't need to do anything i'm going to hit the pause button on it and then as we get into january i will unpause and you can make your decision from there but you don't need to worry about it i will take care on our end of pausing your patreon because we won't be using near the resources that we have been uh in the hiatus time uh so don't panic about that we got you there if the gunslinger's just not under another shirt. All right, Mo. <laughs> All right, Mo. I get it. Everybody's uh, mad at me. I wore a gunslinger jersey. You know, Lolis was the one who mentioned that, and we were watching the game, and we were looking for you, and then I saw your post about being in the, in the media, and I was like, well, we can stop looking for him in the crowd. We're not going to see him. And then, and then I think someone asked you, what are you wearing? And yep. you, you responded, and I said, oh, I so am going to call him out on the show for this. I'm going to give him a hard time. And Fair Lois enough. was like, you are? And I was like, heck yeah, I am. I can't let Fair that enough. slide. <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would call you out, so it's only fair. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. We love doing the show. All three of us have really enjoyed this experience. That's why we still do it. Um, we don't do it for any other reason than we really love what we do. We have loved season three of Gunslingers Football and seasons one of 
The Brahmas, I can't wait for season two of the Brahmas. I think that's going to be a lot of fun because we get to watch them win a championship in the XFL, and that's always fun. Uh, And then we get to roll right into the Gunslingers winning a championship uh, as well. So that's super exciting to to know that we're going to watch two championships in 2024 is a big deal for me. I'm very excited about that. And since we're going to pair all of that, I'm going for the trifecta because the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Brahmas are going to win the XFL championship. Gunslingers are going to win a championship. Three for three next football season. I'm very excited. One of very, these things is excited. not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because the Gunslingers are arena football and the other two are on the on the 100-yard <laughs> okay. field. You're right. They're different, but they're all going to be, you know, championships. Um, it's uh, We talked as all of this kicked off, as this season kicked off, that we were going into year-round football. It's happening. Like yeah. our very first episode of season three, go back if you don't believe me, it said football – Professional football coming out of our ears. And that's what we've had. Like, we haven't had a break, and now we're right into the preseason in the NFL. We just get to roll on. It's It's everywhere. It's coming out of our ears. It's our socks falling out of our pants. It's everywhere. Right. It's football everywhere. Coming out of our wallets. (laughs) Well, that for sure. Yes. Flying out. For sure. Johnny Salazar, I might need that couch again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love doing the show. Stick with us. Uh, come come join us next week for mm-hmm. a show that will be a salute to you guys, to you, to the fans. Uh, we want to reach out to some gunslinger folks and have them on and uh, just kind of wrap this whole thing up as we take a little bit of a break and then get ready for the NFL season followed immediately by the XFL season. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know which one I'm more excited for right now. Um, I'm excited about the NFL season and sitting around watching football every weekend. That's a big deal, but I'm ready to get back in the Alamo dome and watch some Brahma's football too. Like, yeah, I'm ready. Ready for tailgates. Because when it comes to football, professional football, no matter where it is, whether it's up in Seattle or down in Jacksonville, uh, over in Tampa or up in Orlando, Greensboro, Carolina, or Odessa, Texas, wherever they play football, when it comes to professional football, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang. Bang.